Hello, folks out there. This episode of the podcast is partnered by Audible. Greg, you know what I love about Audible? What do you love about Audible, I don't have to pick up a book anymore and carry it around with me. In fact, I carry it around in my phone, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They literally keep thousands of titles right on your phone, accessible at any time, when you're driving, when you're cooking, when you're mowing the lawn, changing a diaper, doesn't matter. It's all right there at your fingertips, John. They've got podcasts, they've got lectures, they've got some like health and wellness and like fitness series on there that if you just are looking for something to fill that gap, like you're not getting into a book right now, it's all there for you, man. If you're a member, Greg, what's cool about it is you get three titles per month. The first one, you can pick whatever you want. Like I've said, I'll probably start hitting up some of those health and wellness books. And then what's awesome is they have two Audible exclusives exclusives folks you can't get it anywhere else it's true that is very true so if you guys want to get on the audible train you can go to audibletrial.com slash j-a-t-g that stands for johnny and the greg hook yourself up with a 30-day free trial no promises no nothing if you don't like it which i can't imagine you're not going to like it um it, you can cancel at any time but the great thing about that is the books you get during your free trial or if at any time those books are yours like you get to keep them you can listen to them non-stop anytime all the time sounds like a deal to me man so if you guys are smart like i know you guys are because you already listened to this podcast sign yourself up guys what do you got to lose it's 30-day free trial yeah. and it's books it's knowledge you gotta drink it up it is so one more time, it is audibletrial.com slash J-A-T-G. One welcome, welcome everybody to another Johnny and the Greg. Today, we had Darren Hafford back on the show. We sure did. He's always fun. One, because he's like an old college buddy. We get to yep. reminisce about stuff. But he has this really cool project that he's doing right now. And to call it an adventure is not underestimating it at all i mean he's having an adventure 50 push-ups in 50 states in 50 days think about that folks 50 push-ups 50 capitals so yep. all 50 capitals all 50 capitals in 50 days the logistics of that alone <clears throat> it's gonna yeah. be crazy it will so be. we're gonna let him explain it though we are and we're gonna do that right about now here we go And Darren Hafford's back, and he's got some news today to share with us. And hey, for people that are hearing this, it's going to become July. It's going to be July fourth this coming weekend. Am I right with that, guys? Yeah, yes. Sunday, absolutely. So it's dropping Sunday. So Darren, we wanted Darren on the podcast because Darren's doing something that's super cool. I can't, I can't remember if you actually mentioned it on the last podcast you were on, but I know yeah. you and I had a long conversation after the podcast about it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Darren. Why are you on today? Uh, well, I was invited by two good-looking gentlemen here. Uh, Only when we're dry. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but uh, we had spoken a while back, and um, I had briefly mentioned an idea that I had uh, about doing 50 push-ups at all 50 state capitals in 50 days. 
And uh, that is coming to fruition on Sunday, the 4th of July. I will start in Austin, Texas. And then I will drive the 48 states, which will be over 13,000 miles. And then I'll finish in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma on August 20th and drive down to Dallas and then fly from Dallas to Juneau, Alaska on an 11 and a half hour flight and uh, be in Alaska for about eight hours, do some push-ups, and then fly to Hawaii and finish it off. Wow. So it ends in Hawaii. Yes. And, and I like it that way because that's how those two states entered the union. That's so, yeah. you know, it finishes off kind of nice that way. Um, and it's for veteran suicide. Uh, I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, five years ago, uh, there was a push-up challenge to do 22 push-ups for mm-hmm. 22 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called the 22 kill. And uh, it went viral. Everybody was doing it. And um, I think on the last podcast, I thought that you had challenged me to do it. And then when I looked back, it was an old sergeant of mine from the Army, Sergeant Jamie Brown, that had challenged me, who was a roommate of mine. And um, he had challenged me that to that uh, back in 2016. And so I decided to do 44 push-ups for 44 days since I had been both in the Marines and in the Army. And there so... You. I decided to do the first 22 for the Army because the Army was easier and then uh, do the more difficult last 22 for the Marine Corps because the Marine Corps is a lot more challenging um, than the Army. And so um, then what happened was that was the year that my beloved quarterback, who I hope comes back, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) uh, made the claim, all we got to do, we just got to run the table. You know, because they were having a horrible start of the season, and they mm-hmm. ended up winning like nine in a row. Hey, was that the? R- that was when we lost against L A X. Um, no, I think that was the season before. I think that was the 2015 season, and then the 2016 season. He was like, "All we got to do is just run the table," and I was like, and so I, I kept. That so they started winning, and so I was like, "Well, I can't jinx the team, so I'll just." keep going and I'll add a single push-up each day and I got up to day 112 when we were uh beaten badly by the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC championship game mm-hmm. and uh and then I was like you know I'm good like I was going to do this until the Super Bowl but since they're not going to the Super Bowl I'm not doing these for another two weeks so yeah. you know I'm good here and so I stopped at 112 and then um I've done it uh a many times afterwards and so a couple of weeks ago i hit forty thousand and twenty five push-ups and so uh tonight will be day 52 on this run i started on my 50th birthday october 3rd but uh had a tooth pulled uh about a month and a half ago and so i had to stop at day 213 and then recover for four days and now today will be 52 days after that tooth pull now, my buddy here in Dallas, uh, he's a 72-year-old Army Vietnam vet, and David Duncan. And uh, David has done 50 push-ups every day since. Now, when we hit the 50 mark... Wait, since Vietnam? Had... No, <laughs> since October 3rd. <laughs> oh, got it, got it. I was like, wow, good for him. Yeah. That's commitment. Yeah, it is. And... Um, and so we hit the 50 mark, and then we added a single push-up each day. We got up to day 132, which was 10,003 push-ups. And I was like, you know, I'm going to just drop back down to 50. You know, this 132 is just – it's getting to be a bit much. Yeah. And hey, so, hey, let's stop stop right there for a minute. So you're yeah. saying it's getting to be – now, I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious about this. Were you, like, wearing out? Like, were you just oh, like, yeah. dude, there's no way, like, this body can push anymore. It needs rest. It needs to – 
Well, I uh, I would I would do as many as I could get done. The first run I could uh, was averaging sixty to seventy. Then I would go to a knee and I'd catch my breath, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe take a minute or two, and then crank out like another ten or fifteen, and then just like it would take a while to get up yeah. to that hundred and thirty-two. Yeah. Were uh, your were your muscles kind of actually pulling in this way? Uh, no, no. I think I I don't have I haven't really noticed much of a difference, but um. Uh, I have had people say that I look a little thicker, but um, I also attributed that to the the COVID. I put on some weight during the COVID, which actually Ooh, helped the push-ups because uh, my belly got so big, I didn't have to go so low on the push-up. <laughs> yeah. It was nice. Real nice. There's but, a cheat um, code right there, folks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Or just be uh, like, you know, 5'2". Yeah, yeah. Short arms help out, they too. Help. Um and so today I posted the video finally that I had edited, and uh, a friend of our mutual friend of ours, Brian Ralston, who said to say hello to you, Johnny Angel, um, he he was telling me he's done over three hundred and thirty in a day, and I was like, holy Whoa. crap! Yeah, he does uh, Muay Thai, uh, mixed martial arts. Okay. okay. So yeah, I would not uh, ever mess with him, uh, but yeah, I was like, great God, I thought one hundred and thirty-two was tough. Well, Greg used to do some crazy stuff just to yeah. warm up, right? No, 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 not warm ups. I mean, that, that was the workout when I was training in martial arts, and this has been about ten years ago. Uh, the guy that was ahead of our school, you know, like the the punching bags, the freestanding bags with the big base on them. He would we had twelve bags, and he would set up them down the middle of the room, and we were doing ten push ups at each bag, and they were like variations. So one was regular, one was knuckles, one was real wide, one was diamond, one was clap, and we went up one side of the room, and then we came back down the other side of the room, and it was murder and <laughs> and you know when you then did the math on it you're like okay so we're doing 120 on one side we're doing 240 and we're doing three rounds of this and you're just like <laughs> oh my God. So, i mean shit. yeah i mean let, let me i'm not gonna lie to the people at home by the time you were on like your second round and like you had to start up again those push-ups were getting real ugly i mean they yeah. weren't they weren't clean, but right, you were right. just doing them and you're just gutting it out. And, you know, and I remember even because it's not it's not just the chest. I mean, that's going to hurt. I mean, because you're essentially doing a plank through a lot of that. And right. and because it was I mean, and we had mixed gender classes and, and things like that. But there were still a couple dudes in there that were just we were just pushing each other to see who's, you know, I got to keep it clean because my buddy that's older and bigger than I am, I got to keep ahead of that guy. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was fun, but yeah, a couple of my, like we did that. We didn't do it a lot. It wasn't a weekly thing because you're just dead. Like I remember the first time we did that two days later, I saw we went back to class and I'm like, uh, we're not doing pushups today. Right. Cause I can't. No, today's burpees. No, anyway, Well, hey, so what, Darren, what yeah. what started this on you? Why why what made well, you think fifty states? Um, I had always wanted to go to the fifty states. Uh, when I was a kid, um, the eighty four Olympics. So I'm old, old. and uh, I had a bicycle, and and my dream was when I turned eighteen that I would ride my bike uh, from Maine all the way to California. Whoa. And, um, never, and still not going to happen. And, um, (laughs) but, uh, when you're 12 years old, you're like, you think you could do anything. So, and, um, 
And so also because uh, it just it seemed like our country needed something to get behind. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there, there seems to be a lot of division in the United States, which is counteractive to the name of our country, Very you right. know. And so um, and then when like the COVID thing hit and, you know, I think we all had a chance to pause and kind of evaluate like what we were doing and stuff. And so I kind of looked internally and um, I wanted to do something that I, I could be proud of. Um, and I think that's one of the things when you get out of the military that is an adjustment uh, that, that can be difficult. It, uh, I know it was for me was that um, you have this great sense of pride and honor that you're doing something, you know, mm -hmm. for your country and, and, and you have a real sense of purpose. And then you get out of the military and you get like a regular job or something that, and, and you realize that there are civilians that obviously don't take their job nearly as seriously. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you kind of lose that sense of worth, you know, and that, and, and, me, I had never really served in many in, in in combat. I'd been in combat zones, but I had never been shot at or had to shoot anyone, thankfully. But um, those guys, like the level of you know responsibility and and commitment mm -hmm. and things, to have all of that intenseness and then to come out and really not have like a a sense of direction per se, like what am I doing? You know, like my. I'm not as valuable as I felt I was, you know, I was just a number kind of thing. And, uh, the coronavirus really, uh, cause they started the push up challenge in 2016 and they saw a decrease in the numbers from 22. Uh, I think it went down to 18, but then the uh, coronavirus uh, suicides. Yeah. Suicides? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A day. And, um, the coronavirus really, um, put it back into oh, overdrive. Yeah. that. Yeah. And so, uh, which I wasn't aware of, uh, I, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the 22 kill organization, which is based here in Dallas and, um, spoke to them and that's, they had just doubled this, their office space. Um, and they need more counselors. There's just, there's not enough counselors to help all the veterans that we have. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so I, they were kind of surprised, I think, because I haven't really told many people about this, yeah. uh, that I was actually going to do it. I had spoken to you guys that I was thinking about doing it. Um, and so I told them, look, this, you know, I want to, I want to help out and get some donations and, um, let's hire some more counselors and, and get some more people help because the last year and a half, uh, I started going to anger management counseling and, mm -hmm. um, I got clean, stopped drinking, stopped smoking, stopped mm -hmm. everything, um, stopped dating and everything. And just really, I, I, I didn't really like the person that I was and, um, I started listening to some motivational, uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. Les Brown is a huge one. Zig Ziglar. Oh, yep. Um, great guys. Yeah. And, um, I just, our world, we hear so many negative things, you know, from music, entertainment and everything, you know, and, um, and you gotta, you gotta feel good about yourself. You know, mm -hmm. our, the, the world can really beat you down. And, um, you got to realize that you're better than what you might think you are. And so, you know, and we can all grow and get better. I mean, here I was 50 years old and I had some failed relationships and I started thinking, well, it can't all be them. 
you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I was a yeller, you know, and that was left over from the military. And and so um, I was like, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to get better. I'm going to get fixed. And uh, I don't know if I'm fixed completely, but I'm definitely a lot better than I was. Well, so. I say it all the time on the show that progress is a moving target. And mm-hmm. it is constantly like you never arrive at progress. You never arrive at self-development. You just keep on going and going and going. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my favorite, I believe Zig Ziglar said it, and I was going to say it's my favorite Zig Ziglar quote because I'm like 99% sure it's his, uh, is that uh, self-development and motivation is like bathing. It needs to be done daily. Yes. And it is one of those things that you just, even if it's a bit of a podcast, something you read, I mean, every day you got to do something to kind of keep up. But mm-hmm. uh, what I'm really fascinated with is even when, you brought this up on the last time we had you on just the logistics. Like, how are you going to yeah. get, I mean, I've traveled a little bit around this country mm-hmm. and I'm the guy that hits delayed flights all the time. I'm the guy that hits traffic jams. There's just like, I, I was down in Chicago this last weekend and I texted John and I'm like, it wouldn't be a trip to Chicago unless something weird happened. <laughs> and it's true. Every time I go down there, something something happens with my vehicle. Something ha- you know, just something throws a monkey wrench in. And you're putting fifty states in fifty days. How how did you even just plan that out? Well, um, so I got one of the the idea of visiting the fifty states. I had seen an article um, a few years back on I think it was on Yahoo and okay. Um, this guy had created this map of the U.S. Um, through using Google Maps because uh, he basically wanted to take a picture at each state capital, which as a photographer, that's what I would like to do. Uh-huh. So uh, I looked at his plan and basically just said, yeah, I, I can do that. Um, and so I just mimicked that. And then there was a couple of brothers. There's a, a video on YouTube. They made a, a documentary, uh, two guys from Minnesota. And... Um, they did this, uh, I want to say 10 or 12 years ago, but they, they just wanted to go to each state. So they didn't go to each state capital or anything. And so then I was like, well, okay. Because, again, um, with any adventure that you're going to do, you're like, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I'm not sure if I can do this, but has someone done something like this before? Right. And then I was like, so I started kind of doing a little research in that regard. And then I came across this guy. I don't know his name. Um, he goes by the Iron Cowboy. All right. And this guy did 50 triathlons Whoa. in 50 oh states God. in 50 days. So Wait a minute. I think I heard I'm about thinking, this guy. Yeah. I'm thinking this guy swam 2.4 miles, yeah. ran a 26.2-mile marathon, and biked for 112 days every day in every state for 50 days the 50 push-ups i'm kind of a wuss yeah it says iron <laughs> cowboy the story of the 50 50 50. yeah yeah it's intense i watched that documentary i was like i mean he cra- he fell asleep riding the bike crashed busted up his oh, really because he, he was so uh, sleep deprived james lawrence is his name yeah james yeah. lawrence yeah so i was just like well there you go, folks. I, I think like I could do it. Zero percent body fat. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, uh, and then I watched, so I watched the documentary and then I watched one, uh, he spoke at Google, I believe it was. 
And so then I was like, well, shoot, you know, like I definitely can do this. And so um, started looking at the map route and it actually works great for me that I'm in, uh, starting in Austin, Texas, because um, the route, the hardest part is going to be the first 16 days. Uh, day 16, I'll end up in Madison, Wisconsin, which is going to be great because I'll see family and friends there. Mm -hmm. That'll obviously revitalize me. Um, but those first two weeks, almost 7,000 miles of driving. So I'll, the, wow. and the, the longest one is the very first day from Austin to Phoenix is a thousand five miles. That's 15 and a half hours of driving. But yeah. once you get the hardest thing done first, then you can be like, well, everything, you know, it, it can't be that hard. Well, yeah. I hopefully. mean, once you hit those, once you hit the East coast and you hit those, those little states, oh, you, you do like yeah. two a days. I mean, come on. Yeah. Exactly. So, and that's why I'm looking forward to Maine because I was born in Maine, and so I haven't been there in 30 years. So that'll be nice. Cool. Who's helping you on this, Darren? Is there anybody like? Is there anybody that's going to like take the wheel while you need to rest? Or, um, no. So I, I plan on driving it all. Um, I, I had hoped. Uh, I, so this I, I'm hoping will be my first annual. Okay. Uh, I'd like okay. to try to make this a a, a thing. Um, and so I figured, you know, the first one because. So my buddy David, the guy, the Vietnam vet, like I, mm -hmm. I pitched it to him. I was like, hey, man, like you've been doing the push-ups with me since October. Like you got to come on the road with me, man. Like this is going to be great. And he's like sitting passenger seat for 48 states and 13,000 miles for a 72-year-old <laughs> man. Yeah, no. I If you get an RV, maybe, maybe I would yeah. know. But yeah. like I don't want to sit in a passenger seat for that long, you know? And I was like, yeah, I really don't blame you. And so, um, I've given, I've done some long drives, uh, before. And so, and I've done, I, I, in April, I did a test run. So I drove from Austin to Phoenix okay. uh, to see how it would go. And so, um, I did pushups at the Austin state, uh, the state capital of Texas. And then I did them, uh, in Phoenix outside of their state capital. Uh, the next day so that I could make sure that I could actually do that. And, um, and unfortunately the, the Arizona capital was closed because of the COVID at the time. So I wasn't yeah. going to go inside. And so my plan is to, uh, release a video each day, uh, mm -hmm. like a two to three minute video, cause I can get the pushups done now in, uh, about six, less than 60 seconds. Cause oh, that, wow. Good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cause mm -hmm. it's about a push up a second at this point. Uh, yep. cause the 50, um, I mean, 48, 49, and 50, I'm like, all right, they're not quite as fast as, you know, right. two, three, and four. But, um, but yeah, I'm able to get them done in about a minute. And then I want to uh, basically give like a 10 quick facts of that particular state capital because I'd like this to be educational for people and kids. Yep. Um, and I also am hoping that people will come out, you know, and, and do push-ups with me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to see people get you know, into shape after the COVID thing, you know, yeah. and, um, and just, uh, show our community, you know, get, get people out and, and, and seeing each other again. You know, we've been cooped up for a year and, uh, and we've missed a lot of our friends and family. So, yeah. So do you have like a, uh, like, are you trying to do like the social media thing? You contact the news stations as you hit up these towns. I mean, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. So I, uh, today I released the video, um, uh, and I have a GoFundMe account. I have a okay. website. I have um, Twitter handle. I have the Facebook handle. I have the Instagram handle. Um, and uh, the plan is also to send out a press packet seven days before I get to that city. And then again, three days before I get to that city. 
Um, and you do uh, this all by what I'm doing. Yeah, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, I'm going to send that press packet out to all the local television stations, newspapers, radio stations, VFWs, Veterans of Foreign Wars, yes. uh, American Legions, um, and then Harley uh, rider groups. Because I met a guy. Yep. And he was like, look, we're always looking for a reason to ride our bikes. Yeah. And, and most of us are veterans. And so wouldn't it be cool if we escorted you from the state line to oh, the state capital cool. with bikes? I'm like, well, I was already documenting this as a documentary. So, yeah, that yeah. would be. That sounds fantastic. cool. Yeah. So um, and I've had a lot of friends. Uh, not all of these ideas have been mine. So I've had many, many different friends give me a ton. Kim Palazzo, who I think you guys know uh from whitewater um i had such a crush on her she's she's great boy she's 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 awesome i mean she's one of those people where the yeah but the more you get to know her the more you develop a crush on her heart oh yeah she's yeah yeah she's a really cool girl yeah and she hi kim um, she's my taskmaster (laughs) i mean she's like my she's yeah she's like my manager so she's like why isn't the video up? Why are you need to be collecting money already? Like, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get it done. I'm getting it done. It's just, you know, she's, and so she's been very good with it as well. Cool. But I've, I've gotten, uh, fantastic ideas. Usually at least one great idea from whoever I mentioned this to that will bring up an idea. Like I just was talking to Ralston and he's like, I'm going to try to see if we can get you hotel points. Yeah, sure. I was like, Oh yeah. man, I never thought of that. Cause because I, I have $5,000, roughly, uh, that I'm mm-hmm. going to spend to do this. And so my thought was, well, I can sleep in the bed of the pickup truck. I got a little pup tent. you know. And then, But I, I feel that there's going to be enough momentum as this goes along that I'll be able to you know, get hotel rooms and stuff like that. So, Have you the, ever uh, had this, I don't know, this heart-to-heart with you that, because I always feel like there is a demon in every one of us that tells us, okay, quit. It's over. Oh, dude. Every day. He's sitting at the edge of the bed when I wake up in the morning, just (laughs) waiting for my eyes to open. Yeah. So what do you do? And the closer and closer that I get. So, um, I, uh, I think Joe Rogan calls that his inner bitch. Yeah. 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 So what I, and and Joe Rogan is one that I definitely want to reach out to as well. Um, what I do is I let him talk for a little bit, you know, and then um, I put on a motivational video from YouTube as I'm brushing my teeth and shaving. Mm-hmm. And it's usually Joe Rogan or David Goggins or Will, uh, Jocko or Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. or yeah. Les yeah. Brown or whoever it is. And um, after about 15, 20 minutes, you know, he that, that other voice is like, all right, I, I'm not going to convince him today. I'll have to just try again tomorrow. Interesting. You know. One of and the so, uh, one of the best things I've ever heard is that um, don't rely on motivation, rely on discipline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like discipline will get you through it all. Motivation comes, and that's when you push yourself. Is when you're motivated, that's when you go a little bit harder than you normally would. But exactly, somebody once told me that it's all about discipline. It's not about motivation. Yeah, if you waited until you felt like doing it, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna feel like eating that chocolate chip cookie a lot faster than I'm gonna feel like doing push-up. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because sometimes there's Sundays I don't want to talk to Greg. Well, dude. <laughs> well, dude. Uh, driving the truck uh, the other day. Um, so I got to get the truck fixed this week. Oh, okay. Uh, so, that, yeah, there's some stress uh, right now because it's misfiring. Um, 
I was on the phone with my brother um, and I ran out of gas. And uh, so it's not running right right now and, and I'll get it fixed. Uh, but I have I have faith now um, started cool. going to church and stuff. And so I'm like, you know what? Um, it's it's just gonna happen. That's yeah, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's go a little bit back. You went through a time, I think, during COVID, where you were reading the Bible every day on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, that yeah. Cool. How'd that go? Um, I'm still reading it. I just haven't been posting the videos. Okay. Um, so today, uh, I'll finish the Bible actually six days in. So um, on July 10th, I'll have finished the Bible. No, so I, let me ask I you a really question on that real Hold on. Oh, I really appreciated you reading that. I mean, p- posting your videos because like in that COVID space when everybody's working from home, I mean, it was literally roll out of bed, hit this desk and get to work. Right. And I was losing like I was losing that time of like get ready in the morning, do a little reading, stuff like that. And I was just like, all right, well, because not only during COVID was it like emergency time in in my industry but we were, so it was like go 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 like there were no breaks we were working through lunches i mean there was just constant oh. but i you know having the multiple screens i would like you would post a video and i would have that up as oh, i'm doing work and it was oh man it was great so when you stopped i had to go like i'm like i need i need a podcast i need i need something oh. that's gonna fill that gap so oh. But yeah, I really appreciate you doing that. I should just go back and find them all again, start over. But um, but yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, because I think I cool. went to day ninety-two, and yep. then um, I was working on a TV show, and it was I was filming it, and then editing it, and then posting it, and um, I was doing it driving from Fort Worth up to Allen, uh, which is about an hour and fifteen-minute drive, and then it just got to the point where I was like, I. I'm still recording it. I just, I, I can't edit and post because right, I'm yeah. working long days and stuff. And, and it really hurt my feelings that I, I couldn't keep it up, but I was like, I'm not going to stop filming it. So I'll find right. a point where I'll go back and edit those days. But, uh, yeah, today I want to say is like, day, I think it's day 353. So I'm, I'm less, I mean, it's a week from Saturday that it'll yeah. finish. You know, and so I'll I'll continue to do it while I'm on the road as well. Hey, so, so let me ask you a question. When you were recording that, was it hard for you to was that the first time you read that passage as you were okay like live? You were kind of doing it live t- for yourself? Uh yeah. So I, I would read it and dude, I messed up I'm sure I messed up a ton. No, no, of no, I'm names, not yeah, I'm not you know? getting to but that. No, I, I would I would re I would record it, read it and yeah. Um basically read it. Recorded, and then if I felt that I messed up, then I would go back and, and reread that pe- particular word or name okay. or whatever. Yeah. And then just keep going. But yeah. So, yeah. So, my question, I guess what I was trying to say is when you stopped on day 92, did you mm-hmm. kind of get a sense and you kept reading, kept recording, but now mm-hmm. you weren't editing? So, did you take more time to kind of digest what you just read? Because sometimes when you're doing something on camera, you're just doing it. You don't even mm-hmm. like, there have been times I've, listen to my podcast and going, I don't remember this conversation I just had with Greg. Like, right. I don't remember this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, I mean, did, were, did you find yourself, did you find that you were digesting it better when you weren't putting it out there, when it didn't become a job or say? Per right. Um, well, knowing that I wasn't uh, editing it, um, I, I tried to, 
because I what I noticed when I was editing it, editing it, and I'm sure you guys have noticed this as well. You're like, oh, I thought that I said that better than I did, or I thought I said that at a better pace. Because sometimes um, I had friends that had uh, reached out and were like, sometimes you read a little too fast, like you, your pacing is a little oh, too okay. fast. And so um, I try to keep that in the back of my mind. But when you're editing it every single day, uh, you you know can kind of yeah. figure out, okay, I can't do that again tomorrow or whatever. But um, I, I do feel that I am better understanding it uh, yeah. as I have gone along because um, it's it's almost a different, you know, a different style of language than what we read and speak currently. Right. And right. so it, it takes a, a bit of, like when, um, uh, in Whitewater did Shakespeare, like from Jim Bouchard, he told you, he's like, look, this language is, it's old English, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to have to learn what these words mean and, and yeah. look it up and stuff like that. And, um, and now as I'm getting towards the end of it here, you know, I'm just like, I'm like, wow, man, there's so much. What I've noticed also, though, is how much um, plays into our society that I didn't know where that saying or phrase yep. or story even came from, you know, because I had never read the entire Bible. And like one. So, give, give me one. Um, Sorry to put you uh, on the The spot. writing on the wall. The writing is on the wall. Uh, oh, yeah? There's a story from... Um, they were having a feast, uh, and all of a sudden the writing started coming on the wall, and he was told that he was going to die, and they were at the gates, and they were having this huge party, and they came in and slaughtered everybody. And wow. uh, and he was, and the writing literally showed up on the wall to tell mm -hmm. him, you're about to be killed, and boom. And so that's where the phrase, the writing on the wall came God, out. How many people would ignore that now, or you know? would film it? <laughs> right, yeah. just film this happening right now instead of like reacting to it. Yeah, you know, well, I, I've told John this before. The where I go to church, my pastor. What I love about what he does is that he's he's a historian. I mean, so he will, like, he'll read something from the Bible and say, "Okay, so you got to understand when they said it this way, understand the culture of the time," and he'll tell you what it is, and then he all wraps it up and how it relates. So, yeah, yeah it's. Uh, there's it's one thing, a lot of cool stuff in there. Go ahead. John. There's one thing that dear, uh, Greg and I have talked about, and I always tried. I was always thinking about reaching out to you about this. Is that separate from this podcast? We always tried to, I, or I wanted to start something to where there's a thousand questions out there that are never answered, or people are too afraid to answer them. I'm coming. I'm speaking from. I mean, Greg knows my story well. I would get. I think I've been kicked out of two. Bible study classes because I asked questions that the guy didn't either a didn't know how to answer and he got frustrated or mm -hmm. uh, B he just he thought I was causing trouble instead of just literally like I literally don't have I literally don't understand this explain this to me right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. me and Greg have talked about possibly doing like these little side podcasts where we just like this is what we're talking about today or almost like a Bible study I like yeah. you know we've, we've talked about it I don't know I don't know where it would go, but we've, we've definitely yeah. talked about it. Well, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I, again, I had never read the Bible and, right. um, and I was like, you know, it is the oldest book, uh, of all time. So yeah. like, I, I would think that some things were passed down that we could learn from. You know, maybe not. And, <laughs> and, and, and so I was just like, and that's how I kind of looked at it. I was like, yeah. why would I not want to read the oldest book there is? 
Like, why wouldn't I want to read that story? Is it the oldest book, Greg? Or is it, or is the torn or? Well, the, the uh, Torah well, is uh, younger because the Muslim younger. faith started um, 600 years after Christ. Right. What, what, yeah. What's the uh, Jewish? What's the Jewish uh, the, book? The Torah is the Old Testament. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah. when you look at that, and and the Bible as we look at it today is actually a collection of books and letters and and correspondence and and things like that. So, um, you know, is it the yeah. oldest book? Not what we have now in a collected version, but but it's. It's some of the oldest stories, certainly, mm-hmm. that we have, right. or the oldest messages that we have. And yeah, yeah it's uh, so yeah. There, but anyway, um, sorry, sorry to go off on a huge tangent like that. But if anybody would be interested in listening to a podcast with possibly the three of us sit there and yeah. just break yeah. down something, a passage or something, let us know yeah. uh, either by talking to Mr. Hafford, Mr. Struly, or Mr. Angel. Mm-hmm. So let us know. But anyway. 50 push-ups, 50 states. Do you have a backup plan? Like, Darren, is the idea not doing it in 50 days as much as just getting it done? Because, like, you could have car trouble. You could oh, I'm sure have, I could have car trouble. I you know, have, there's yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. There's oh, a yeah. lot of things that could happen. There could be, uh, I, I, I'm like, I don't know. There. My fear is that I'm going to I'm gonna get on the plane and then it's going to be delayed. Yeah, yeah, or something. And I'm just yeah. like, kind of I'm gonna be at like 49, and I'm gonna be like, oh, seriously? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, exactly. But um, I'm gonna just maintain a, a positive attitude and just, you know, roll with how it's gonna go because real, realistically, it, it's gonna be out of my control regardless. You know, yeah. um, I, I, I told my mom recently. I said, I, you know, I can waste my time worrying. Or I can just and, and think, well, what could go wrong? What could happen? You know, blah blah blah. Or I could just wait until that actually happens. So hard to tell a parent that. Well, yeah. So hard to tell a parent. I, well, I to- also told her, I said, "Ma, you can worry enough for the both of us. How about that?" <laughs> and I think, I mean, even let's say that that does. Let's let's just play the what if game. And, and I know you're thinking, nope, that's not going to happen because that's where your mind needs to be. Um, right. So let's say you're making it. To, you get to that point, it, it's state 37, something happens, and you don't quite make it. But that just becomes, and you're saying you want to do this as an annual thing, that just becomes the story. Right. You know, our first go at this, we missed it by a day, or we missed it because I couldn't make it to this capital before midnight because this happened, or traffic. Oh, yeah, right. or I mean, all that stuff. Right. Um, My first I, uh, short film. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just that becomes the first part of the story. I got, I got another friend of mine. Um, he's Donald Wickstrom. He's another pastor. Actually, you guys should probably hook up because this would be something he would totally support. Um, but he's got a thing called the fastest pastor. Um, and oh yeah, he's, he's doing like this uphill race. Um, he he's a guy. Before he was a pastor, he was heavy into robotics, and so he he, he got himself set up that now he can have a race team. And that's just part of his ministry, which is really cool. And I think for the past three years, I mean, it's this windy switchback kind of race up a mountain. He crashes it. I mean, he gets to a certain curve. And I mean, because it's high, I mean, that's high in like supercar kind of stuff. And he's like, well, on the next year. And then he uses that as his platform to build and build and build. And like this year, he's having his best year. They, they qualified. I don't know if he did the race yet. I haven't checked out his social media uh, yet today. Um, but yeah, it just that I think what John's getting at 
that just becomes part of that journey. That's that's yeah. part of the adventure. It's the yeah. journey. It's the journey. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I I definitely am nervous. Every like I said, yeah. every morning I first wake up, the first thoughts are, "Are you insane?" Like <laughs> that self talk to me um, is like, "Dude, like there's no way you're gonna pull this off." You know, blah blah blah. And then I, I have to basically turn that volume down and then turn up the motivational thing up and, and just say, all right, well, you know, you know know what, that's interesting there when you say something like that, because that happens every day now. And I keep thinking to myself, whenever I think like something can't be done, usually nine times out of 10, because of, I live in the 20, are we in the 21st century now versus the 20th? We're in the 21st century, right? I think, dude, like Lewis and Clark were like, this is probably a bad idea, you know, <laughs> before they went and did that right. or, you know, like going to do what or, or you sit there and think, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm talking about something as ridiculous as like, can I take apart the bottom of a fridge and figure this out, you know, right. and I always think to those people that are like that have done like, hey, maybe we shouldn't shoot a rocket to the moon. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like people right. that have done first like that. So anytime yeah. you're at that point, a little motivation, just think, well, my life is a lot easier now. I'm not like discovering what could possibly be in uh, an, uh, a native American that's going to chop off my head because I'm discovering like the, mm-hmm. the Western territory, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you could always use that, you know? Right. Well, I always look at, uh, one of the things that I look at is I'm like, uh, there was a time in, in all, most of our lives, um, that we weren't able to walk and right. yet we told ourselves that we could do it. Mm-hmm. And or we watched. We started, yeah, and then we and then we <laughs> yeah. started. Then we yeah. started walking. I, and then I you, see where you you're know. going with it. Yeah, and so um, it's just got to be one of those things where it's like, look, you know, I may not be able to do this, but I'm going to find out, and uh, and that's that's really what it comes down to, you know. Oh, I, I I don't know if it's I'm going I don't know if it's going to happen. I go I'd back like to, to think the, that it does. That that it's the modern motivational um, line. It's been used in probably numerous greeting cards and t-shirts. I don't even know if you can find who it's accredited to anymore, but the idea, um, and I I didn't want to say it right. The devil whispered into my, into my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. And today I rose up and said, I am the storm. And you're like, come on, Greg. Yeah. Come on, Greg. You got to do that better. Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. Today I whispered in the devil's ear. I am the storm. There you go. There (laughs) you go. Nice. Yeah. There you go. I like that. I love that too. Mm-hmm. I, no, I, it's that, it's gonna be that something. With that that imagery is cool, and I think that's kind of what you're going for. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, you're you've well, got this adventure that people are like, you you can't like they don't even like I said the the logistics piece. You can't even get to fifty states in fifty days, and you're like, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, I can. People have done it, and I'm gonna do yep. push-ups while I'm there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, it's like it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a challenge um, for sure. But it's it, like I. I look at what I've already done for it, so to speak. Like, so I I needed to come up with a logo and I was like, well, what am I going to make? So stand up a little bit, show the logo off a little bit. I I like the, the logo when I was checking out the shirt that, that kind of, that I kind of, I kind of free kind of that, the icon, the icon of you're here. I mean, this is like, you're looking at Google maps or ways or whatever. That's, that's the, you're right here. Right. And that's become so synonymous in our society now that, I mean, you can use it. That's cool. I like but that wasn't my idea. <laughs> so what it's happened very cool, was, though. Well, thanks. No, like that, that was that was an idea that was given to me uh, by a, a guy. So I was working on a commercial for rum 
a rum commercial. Okay. And uh, and I was talking to the guy that uh, rented the studio to us, and um, and I showed him my logo because this is this is probably the ninth or tenth logo that I as started. logos do, yeah, yeah. And um, and I wanted to keep the circle uh, based off of the Marine Corps emblem and the yep. Army emblem, and um, and I obviously wanted to use red, white, and blue because I. I love Captain America and uh, Superman was the first movie I'd ever seen in a movie theater. And so it does kind of have that shape of the yep. S a little bit. Um, but at the time I showed this guy, uh, it was a thumbtack uh, where the hat is. So where the yeah. hat is here, yeah. the centerpiece was a thumbtack in the middle of the circle. And he's like, is that a thumbtack? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, for the map. He goes, dude, you're so old. I was like, what? He goes, man, kids ain't going to know what a thumbtack is, dude. Like, you got to use the GPS point. Yeah. You got to use the little the little GPS thing. And I was like, all right, yeah, I guess so. And so <laughs> I added it to it, and I was like, that actually doesn't look bad. That looks yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And, um, and I like I thought, the old Uncle Sam hat. Yeah. Well, like that it. was going to be the, the top of the thumbtack. Okay. You know, so that was going to be the like the push pin part, I thought. And then I took the pin part out, but I kept that. And then also, I don't know, let me see if I can get close enough, but uh, that's me doing the push ups. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Little, I okay. had a, a friend of mine's wife, uh, she took the photograph of me mm -hmm. um, when I was doing the push ups or just do, in, in the push up position. And then uh, I took it into Illustrator and uh, or Photoshop, cut it out, then took it into Illustrator and cleaned it up and. Um, made it an illustrator file and then uh came up with the logo yeah. and then i had thought it would be cool later on maybe down the line to make a the same logo but remove the stickers so that or the stars so that i could stick those on maybe one at a time as i hit each state so that might have yeah. to be next year because i'd also like to make a challenge coin for it uh next year yeah. and then uh a hat as well and then different color shirts because right now it's just the, the dark navy blue and people are like, oh, you got to have, you know, multiple color shirts. White, and, red, black. And that's great, but uh, you got to buy those screen prints, you know, because right now it's a two-color shirt because the blue yeah. comes through on the logo. Oh, so, yeah, right. You know, and yeah. uh, and I'm not a wealthy man, so, like, no? it would, no, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I was. Um, it would make all of this a lot easier oh, and a lot less so stressful, easy. that's for sure. No, I think that's going to be the beauty of it, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not going to be easy for you. There's going to be yeah. a little bit of grind in there. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think you go through those moments in your life when you're you're taking on you're you're climbing a mountain in a way. And yeah. when you're going to find out very quickly, I'm guessing how how bad you want this and mm -hmm. how bad or what you're going to put yourself through for this. Mm -hmm. And you'll be better when you come out of it. Oh Absolutely. And yeah. it, it, it takes me back to um, when the, the first night when I was in Marine Corps basic training, because we didn't sleep the first night. So they, they, they sleep deprive you that first 36 hours. What do they do? Just uh, yell at you or make you do exercises? Uh, both. And then they made us sweep the floor with a little wash brush, a six inch wash brush. We had to sweep the floor on our hands and knees with it mm -hmm. like four times. And I was like, after the first time, we they, they're like, all right, ladies, line up and do it again. And I was like, dude, we already got all the dirt. Like, we swept this thing once. No. Not about then that. There was, 
there was still dirt the third time, and then there was still dirt the fourth time. Now, the amount of dirt was very small compared to the first time, but I was like, why the hell, you know? Yeah. But they did. They just kept you up, you know? Okay. Um, so sleep deprived. You. Yeah. And, um, and I remember laying that first night that I got to sleep, which was my second night. Because now this was also my 18th birthday was my first day nice. of basis. Yeah, and and I didn't tell anybody because uh, uh, no, you don't want I that. Didn't, I didn't want that cake. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but I just remember laying there and being like, "Man, there's there's no way I'm going to be able to do this." Like I, I I'm the smallest guy uh, from my high school at the time. I was five four one twenty when I when I went into Marine Corps. <laughs> five four one twenty. I was two pounds too skinny. So I became a double uh, rats recruit, they called it. So I had to eat twice as much food as everyone else to try to gain the weight. Now, I couldn't. And then you had what we called the fat bodies who were getting a salad. Now, I'm eating two salads, two pieces of lasagna, four pieces of garlic toast, milk, and desserts. And and I'm throwing food away. And this guy's got a salad, and that's it. Like my one guy, there was a guy named Brian Bita from Janesville, Wisconsin, we rode the bus together. We were in the same platoon, basic platoon mm-hmm. together. He lost 60-some pounds, I think 66 pounds, from October 3rd to December 23rd. They wow. literally starved him. Yeah. Now, here I am just shoveling off food that I can't eat. I'm getting mean mugged every day. Oh, I'm sure. Like, you know? I'm sure. And uh, in that two and a half months, I grew three inches in height. Halfway through basic training, I had to get new boots. Because they didn't fit. My drone instructor came up one night. We were up at Camp Pendleton. Because you start first phase in San Diego. And then you mm-hmm. go to Camp Pen- Pendleton for weapons training. And then you go back down to San Diego to graduate. And the drone start every night they inspect you. Health and comfort inspection to make sure that you don't have any broken bones. And you're trying to hide anything so that you don't get recycled. Because that's yeah. your fear is having to start yeah. this whole thing all over again. Right. And he's looking at me and he's like, what the hell is wrong with your feet? And I'm like... Sir, the recruits' boots don't fit, sir. He's like, bullshit. We just gave you those boots five weeks ago. And I'm like, sir, they don't fit. And so they sent me back down to San Diego to get new boots and then came back the next day. And um, and then when my mom met me uh, at the bus station in South Beloit. She didn't recognize uh, you. I walked right past her. Yeah. And I was like, hey, lady, you don't even recognize your firstborn son. Wait a minute, like, wait a minute. You walked past her, so you didn't recognize her. Oh, I recognized her. I wanted to see if she was going to stop me. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she's doing Ma, this. Ma, and I'm just boy. like, yeah. You don't recognize your firstborn son? Seriously? Oh. She's like, oh, my God, they stretched you. <laughs> so in the Marine Corps, I grew seven inches in height. Seven inches? Six, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I went from 5'4 to 5'11. So oh. that's why the Captain America thing always appealed to me because I was that scrawny kid. <laughs> you know, Terry was good to me. Just give me a chance. Yeah. yeah. I don't like bullies. But uh, yeah. And so um, so now I'm like, this thing, it ain't going to be easy. But I mean, ideally, um, do you guys, have you ever heard of a Bucky's? Do you know what Bucky's is? Bucky's. Yeah, the Winter is, Soldier. Oh. No, 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 no. Gas station. Uh, yes. Yeah, gas station. Mega yeah. gas stations down in Texas. Yes. Yes. I the, drove by one and I was like, "Yeah." In between uh, San Antonio and Austin, I drove by it and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yes. It's like a super Walmart gas station. Yes. Oh, really? 
I wish they were nationwide. Of I hear you. But at the I, same I, time, I wanted I'm to glad stop. I had to get somewhere, but I was like, that looks like a phenomenon. Oh Just... my God, dude. It's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, what are they called? Bucky gas stations? Bucky's. They got a little beaver as an icon. Yeah. As a, yeah. As a mascot. Yeah. Yep. And um, unfortunately, uh, there's. I don't think there's going to be any on my route, but oh. that would be the place that I would love to to go. Um, I'll tell you, you, you get the word out to like Quick Trip when you're yeah. in Minnesota and Wisconsin because this is something that they would get behind in a minute. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm I'm actually I've got an email set uh, this, where I work. My current CEO, um, he's actually just took a different uh, position with the Gary Sinise Foundation, ah. and I am going to let him know what you're doing. Well, see, uh, I had thought about reaching out to them, but yeah, if you got an yeah, end, please do. I, 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 I don't know what I don't know what Mike will do, but Mike Thurtle is is well. That's Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, it is, and, and he's their new uh, Mike Thurtle is their new CEO, and he's an amazing human being who's done a lot for my company, and but his heart is very much in serving military uh, causes and whatnot. So, yeah, I I'll reach out. Scene with him. Did you really? I was in a I was in a CSI episode uh, with Gary Sinise where I was an extra that played a uniformed cop. Charles Dutton was in the scene uh, uh-huh. scene as well from the the Rock uh, yeah. from and also from Rudy, and then the the mother of the child that got hit by Charles Dutton's character he was driving a cab and hit a girl on a bike. Uh, her mom was in uh, Saint Elmo's Fire. Okay, and so so the four of us are standing there with the director. And I'm looking at all three of them Which like, of you're, famous, does not you're famous, you're <laughs> famous, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> and so um, I, half a second uh, in, in that scene where she, you know, of course, the, the tr- traditional mother breaks past the cop. Yep. And of course, the cop doesn't beat the woman down, but um, he falls over. <laughs> but yeah, I just bounce out of the way. And uh, but I just remember thinking, oh, my God, that's Lieutenant Dan, like. I wish I could just say, dude, like, you're the man, you know? Yeah. I just sent you a picture, Darren, with the top-rated gas station restrooms by state. So, you're welcome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Yeah. So, you might need that. Yes. Well, because um, if I don't get enough for the hotel rooms and stuff, then I'll just shower in the, um, yeah, truck in the truck gas stops. stations. Yeah, yeah, truck stops. And and I the video i don't know if you got a chance to see it it's a little long it's what i did long, not but i, I, I did broke not. it up and i'm breaking it up and posting smaller chapters in it okay but uh there's a photograph of myself and jamie brown who got me started um and it's me sleeping on a cot uh between uh, two semis <laughs> and i'm like and so i tell people i'm like you know i've slept in worse places than where's uh, the worst place you slept oh god don't add in college i'm, add gonna, in something no, else. I'm gonna guess uh, somewhere in the middle east yeah, I'd never been to the Middle East. Um, no, Virginia. Uh, there Virginia? was a night. Yeah, there was a night we had. Um, we were doing night training. Uh, Lieutenant Peden, who became Captain Peden, it was cold and raining, and we had oh, we had no. no tents, we had no field jackets. We had just walked, and, and we had dug mud, mud holes. Well, when we dug them, they were fighting holes, and then it started raining, turned into mud holes, and. Um, Brian Ketter had had enough and just decided because we were on our own base. So he was like, screw this. We're going back to the barracks. And so everybody jumps up 
Ooh. you know, starts up the vehicles. Everybody's like, and Peden comes out and he's like, what the hell is going on? Get back in your holes. And I was like, man, the thought of that hot shower seems so good. We got to stay out in this cold, rainy, oh, muddy. God. And that there's was nothing, probably the nothing. longest night, yeah. I think. Because you nothing had nothing worse than rain and cold. Yeah. And, and um, it was just absolutely miserable. And um, I think that's probably the worst that I've ever had it because what made it so bad is you knew the barracks were just right there. Yeah. But you weren't being allowed to go use them. Like you had to, you had to get used to leaving outside, you know, that's how it is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I said Middle East, but you were in Serbia. Were you there? I think I I was in Bosnia. Bosnia, Bosnia, Croatia and, and Serbska. Yeah. Yep, so I remember I, you telling some stories about that when we were in college. So yeah, yeah, I was stationed in um, in Hungary in Tsar Hungary, and then we would go down and do stories because uh, I was a television reporter for the army. Right, and um, we would do stories and then send those stories back to Germany uh, to Armed Forces Network AFN, and then they would broadcast them over fifty two countries. Have you ever thought of reading books? I want to do something with my voice. Yeah. Uh, and um, I've done the this. We know time. an author. Oh, <laughs> I, I can do audiobooks. So, so during this time, the the show wrapped up at the end of November. So I've been doing a variety of small, different gigs here and there, mm-hmm. trying to survive and stuff. And uh, so I was a hand model uh, for Ooh. a rum commercial. Were you I- Joey Tribbiani's twin hand model <laughs> or? <laughs> No, I wish, but uh, I was a hand model holding a cigar for a rum commercial. Uh, I've done voiceover for uh, kids gummy vitamins that is a, mm-hmm. supposed to go nationwide. I did eight uh, commercials for that. Um, but I've always enjoyed like being on the, on set and filming and and stuff like that. When I was doing the acting thing, I was a lot of times I was like, man, I just hope they're buying this. You know, <laughs> that's the motivation you're supposed to have. You know. Yeah. And so, and I always felt like, I, I don't know if I'm doing this right, you know, and everything. Whereas with the camera, I felt like it, 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 the camera was like a rifle to me in the sense that I know this piece of gear. I know how to make this yeah. work. Yeah. That's, that's, I can get good pictures. Yeah. Acting, of acting, you can, you can really talk, you can get in your head real oh, quick. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. We just watched the Friends reunion not too long yes. ago. Yes. And, and I was going to mention that too. Matt LeBlanc had said, like, like he doesn't watch himself acting because he he it's never believable. He's like because I know that's me and I know how full yeah. of shit I am. So <laughs> yeah. so he's like the he's like now I watch the show like when he catches it on he's like I watch it because his his co stars he's like you you were all so great and everything yeah. he did and I he's like but anytime I had to speak I totally don't buy it at all. <laughs> yeah, well, there's one thing. There's one thing that um, they said on that show that I have that experience with probably a handful of people, and you two would be one of them, that if we all went to a party, but we didn't know we were going to that party, like we were all going to the same party. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. But you didn't, know you didn't know we were all going there. We okay. would end up spending the rest of the night with each other at that party instead of why we actually went there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Like absolutely. it's somebody's birthday, and we're like, hey, have a good one. I'm in this group now for the yeah, rest of the night. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, Johnny was in the very first thing I ever directed. The oh, very really? first thing I ever directed. He 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 was in a play. Um, it was a small scene, and um, he was married to a woman whose brother was uh, 
handicapped. Yes. And um, oh no, I'm supposed sorry. to feed him. You were supposed to feed him cream corn, and you uh, ate it yourself while she God, was I doing the laundry. I remember that now. I remember that. <laughs> and uh, it was vines in a vacuum. I believe was the name of the play. And I'm trying to think of the. Two, I wish I could remember the two characters that because they were great. I mean, it was fantastic. Wait, wait, Darren, Darren, didn't I also do the one where I was a guy and I had breasts? I don't remember. And that. you were like, you were like the guy. Who was like, can I, can I talk? You're like my best friend. I was admitting them to to you, and you're like, can oh, I talk? and I was like, no. Well, that fuck was when we were doing scene, yeah, acting scene yes. work for for Bouchard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and Rick Penzik, who uh, an amazing actor. Yeah, uh, he's in the theater world in Milwaukee. Yep, yep. Uh, yes. That dude. Oh my God, and he, he is one of my favorite guys that I've ever seen. That can just ad lib and and create a story a story from nothing. Like I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um. Very talented man. Could he also rap off the cuff? Oh yeah, dude. He just he could rap, freestyle. Rap. I remember that. Yeah, and, freestyle. And he was Romeo. Like yeah. as a freshman, he was yeah, Romeo. Yeah, freshman walked right in there and got Romeo. And just tore it up. I mean, he was so good. I yeah. was like, yeah, I'm going to have to find something else to do. Because I got to <laughs> get guys this good. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, uh, acting can definitely get in your head. I remember, I think one, you and I were trying to make that movie for my senior play. Mm-hmm. I was and in I, And I had to take over. Uh, apart because our lead decided to party his ass off that one night and so I had to take over and yes. I remember thinking this should be so simple but I cannot get these words out today right. yeah I remember that yeah it, it was it the really Subway sandwich shop yeah devastated me that day I remember that mm-hmm. but anyway I, was, I spent a day on set with you guys for that one where we spent like an entire afternoon trying to get a shot of a door unlocking yes because the knob would not turn and yeah. then the, the custodian, chunk. and then he yeah. had to get graphite and spray the lock. Yeah, and, that. And, and I was like, and then you, think, you were having a bad day. Like you oh, were yeah. just like everything was falling apart. <laughs> and like me and another guy who had to play the cameraman for the cameraman at the studio, <laughs> our job was to just walk off camera. <laughs> and. I think that was probably my first time ever on camera. Like I had done stage work, but I'd never really been on camera before. And I don't think that guy had either. So us walking off camera was the most awkward thing. (laughs) It was just like, we went (laughs) like robotic. Yeah. Just like trying not to look right down the tube as we're, and you're like, no, this isn't working. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. Um, uh, my first short film of the 48-hour film contest, because um, I did, I think, five of them in Whitewater. Like, I, I had so much help in Whitewater. Dr. Peter Conover helped us yeah. out huge. Um, uh, uh, John McGullin, I think, is uh, maybe saying that incorrectly. He was, he, he was our script supervisor, but he was in the English department. Um, we had uh, a, a lady that taught us, uh, Guy Davidson, I believe her name was. She taught us uh, screenwriting. Um, she was she played a mom in one of the scenes like we we incorporated teachers and students yeah, yeah. and everything. And but that first one that we did, um, we didn't get in it in time. Like we, it was supposed to be done in 48 hours. And uh, we turned in the final episode myself, Aaron Weedman, Katie DeLong, um, Katie. Uh, Why do I remember the name Katie DeLong? She went to Whitewater. 
but oh, okay. uh, after you, after you. Um, I don't know. But why. anyway, um, yeah, I think she's from Illinois. I think she's from Peoria area. Oh, okay. But, I remember um, that name too. Well, thank you. That's what but, I thought. Yeah, she, she did. There. She did the news for uh, uh, the TV station. She was a news anchor for the TV station. Is that, that just was a very six to two thousand seven? Because she graduated in two thousand seven. Eddie DeLong. I don't know why yeah. I remember that name, but that name but, like sticks in my. But we uh. drove, like, from Whitewater up to Madison. Uh, probably breaking the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> No. no. Yeah, I, I don't want to admit breaking the law, you know, but, not. but uh, well, not on a recorded device, but um, in person, I'll tell you the real story. But anyway, yeah, it we we made it up there in time to turn in the thing just so that they would show the film. Yeah, you know, and um, and 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 that that was you know frustrating, and for me, it was like I was devastated. I was hurt. I was like, man, but at least we'll get to see it on the movie screen, you know, right. And then um, we did that one in April. And then we came back and did another one in June. And the one in June won three awards in Milwaukee. Best writing, the one best with writing, Eric best cast. Co- Co- yeah. Eric Coconus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, another fantastic actor, dude. He's like, like, he was like a young John Travolta. For me, he was a young Jason Lee. Ooh. Oh, I didn't see that Clerks. at all. I didn't yeah. see that at all. Because no, I, I, mean, I know who you're talking about, but yeah. I did not see that with Eric. Well, so only I when I was about acting that Eric. scene with him, when I was acting that scene at the coffee shop with him. And I was just like, and, and I remember telling him, I'm like, you know, kind of give me this guy. And he, he's like, I know exactly who you need me to be. And I was like, yes, you do. <laughs> and he was perfect. He was, I mean, he was so good. And I was just like, man, like, again, I need to just yeah. get behind this camera. <laughs> this in front of the camera guy. These guys are really good at what they do. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, for sure, for sure. When when you go to the next level of acting and you think you're 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 good because you acted out Indiana Jones awesome in your family room, right? <laughs> and I then got you all the walk, words memorized. Yeah, and then your mom was your biggest fan, so how could you fail? And then you um you go out there in the real world, and he's like, I didn't feel anything you just said, and you're like, what? How did you not feel that? I was emoting everything. How did you not feel that? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is you don't even know like what, like they could have just came in and their and their dog died, so they're in a bad mood no matter what, and you're just yeah. getting the brunt of it, so you don't know. But yeah, the acting game, oh. I mean, it's not easy. Darren, who was the guy? Because I think I was trying to solve this with Greg one day. Who was the guy that dated Leslie Ryan, and he had a beard, and his name was Jim or James, and he was phenomenal actor. Leslie Remember that guy? Leslie Ryan, okay, Jim. Leslie Ryan was a blonde, cute little girl. I shouldn't say. I always say little, and Ursula always yells well, at me. That, everyone like, is little compared to yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I don't actually. I don't technically mean size. I just meant right. she's cute, and I just always right. add little to it. But, um, uh, pretty sure she was probably a woman too, not like. A yeah, exactly. She was a woman. <laughs> I just. I think it's my way of saying I think she was a cute girl but there wasn't there was just there was no attraction like to it i just thought she was a cute little thing okay you know? now yeah that's something worse Ryan, and what was the what and you said she had a boyfriend who yeah was, his name was she was dating him at the time his name is i want james was either his last name or his first chris james maybe james lee i can't james was in there <laughs> but okay, i remember, I remember thinking, a joe carafe but i don't know if he dated her um no 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 trying to think 
Because yeah. he dated, he dated the movie. Oh, I'm sorry, he didn't date. He directed the play I was in with Rick, where I was the general. He directed that, mm. and he also oh. stopped. You know what I'm talking I, about now. I know I can see his face. Yes, I, don't know his name. Was, I, wasn't, I wasn't as deep in the theater department as you guys were, but I remember that play that you were in because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was the I guy that, that tricked like, Rick. Rick was a prisoner of war. Yep. Mm-hmm. He played the guy that tricked Rick into giving him the codes because he befriended him. That was a mm. cool. That was that a was cool a really, drama. Yeah. I yeah. enjoyed that a lot. And yeah. I don't, and I forgot, and he wrote that, he directed it, he, no, I'm sorry, he didn't direct it, he wrote it and kind of co-directed it, but he was, uh, he was phenomenal, he, I think he, he brought me over and he just gave me a quick little, like, okay, you're doing this, we need this, and all it is is this, and when he did, I was like, oh, wow, you should play the general, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking that, but I cannot remember that guy's name because I just want to look him up, see how if he's successful or is he just one of those. He looks like he'd be also be the type of guy that just ended up being a forest ranger in Colorado somewhere. Okay. Like living in a camper down by the river. Right. I don't remember. I don't. Yeah. I remember the play that you're talking about, though, definitely, because it was awesome. Yeah. Very well acted. Um, Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway. So, 50 push-ups in 50 states for 50 days. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, you're yeah, starting well, this July 4th? Sunday. Sunday. Less than Sunday, a week. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Push-up. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. So, are you, uh, are you completely freaked out? Are you feel like you're going to blow a push-up? <laughs> uh, well, I still got to do my push-ups tonight. Um, but I, I'm, the, the push-ups are going to be the easiest thing. At this sh- oh, yeah, for sure. You know? Um, it only takes like sixty seconds. Yeah, it's not right. that hard. And so, so my, you, wait, 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 Darren, are you doing this on Capitol? Like, are you going to the Capitol and doing mm-hmm. it like where the flag is or something? Or yeah, yeah. are you doing some sort of speech, or are you just going to show up in a t-shirt and just do push-ups? Well, uh, it depends on if there's anyone there. If there's okay. people there, I've thought about getting a megaphone just in case a bunch of people show up or you a know? sign. Cool. Uh, well, I, I've thought about bringing um, the Marine Corps sign that I have back over here with That's me. That's the American flag. Well, it's American flag, no, no, it no, also the has right, the for, uh, symbol right there as well. Right. Oh, I didn't see this. I thought that was just the yeah. piece of cardboard you bought that from. You take <laughs> no, that's a, uh, so, <laughs> no, a fellow Marine made that, and I won. Uh, actually, cool. my ex-girlfriend won that at a um, Marine Corps reunion in Virginia. Is that black, an actual black stripe, or is that shadowing? Yes. No, okay. that's a black, black stripe. Okay. Yeah, and then it separates with the, just a, a red solid background. And then the yellow eagle globe and anchor. Is it wood? Yeah. I'm trying to describe yeah, this for it's a, people it's that like are just a pallet. listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking at a wood plank type uh, American flag with was it say it again with the Marine Corps? What is it? Marine Corps emblem is the eagle globe and anchor. The okay. eagle represents yeah. the nation. The uh, globe represents worldwide service, and the anchor uh, represents the naval traditions. Because Marine Corps was founded so that they could fight pirates on Navy ships. Yep. Really? So the reason, yeah. So the that. reason that they're called leathernecks is when they were fighting the the pirates, they would wear a piece of leather stock around their neck, so that when they were sword fighting, um, it, it wouldn't cut their jugular. Bit of armor, yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad's a, a former marine, so ah, we, we've okay. gotten him many. And you know pieces. the terminology. <clears throat> I yes, was raised with it very well. So yeah, you never say ex-marine, right? <clears throat> no, Dude. those are the guys that got kicked out. No, no such thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, there is such thing, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's a brotherhood that. Uh, oh yeah, 
I mean, I remember my dad, we're, we're in, we're in a pet smart in Madison and we're just walking through and I'm picking up stuff for my dog or whatever than that. <clears throat> and my dad sees a guy who's got a jacket on that it's Marine Corps jacket. And he's got the years that he served, which is in the same year that my dad served in oh. Vietnam. Okay. And dad just looked at him and the guy looked at dad and dad said, Semper Fi. And the guy, it was the, the call and response. He's like, and they said years. So the years, where are we at? And they named the same damn mountain Whoa, that they were God. fighting on. And, and then it was off. I'm like, well, we're <laughs> three hours now. And, and that's what it was. It, it ended up that dad was just, they were separate units, you know, trying to take this hill and dad wow. was, and so they're like, well, yeah. And then they did this and dad's like, oh yeah, I remember when they did that. And it was, it was, wow. it was cool to watch, but I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Greg but and yes. I were talking, hey, uh, Darren, did you ever see the movie 1917? Not yet. No, I've well, thought about Greg, it. I want, I've been wanting to see yet? it. No, 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 I haven't. No fuck is wrong with both of you I know. Yeah. Uh, Darren, I know it's from awesome a filmmaker from a filmmaker aspect you will fall in love with this movie I've seen it because I've seen like behind the scenes stuff about it because they basically make it look like it's in one continuous take yes they're running yes. through the lines you're following the character yes I just I haven't had a chance to to watch oh, it yet please no. well, it's it's like one of those war, like it's a war movie that you need to be prepared for. Like yeah. it's, it's yeah, one you're right. of those, you need to like, get in that mindset. And I just, I have it like the last, uh, war movie I watched was Greyhound, which was excellent. Oh, um, I haven't seen that either. Is that with oh, Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks plays a, a Naval, uh, captain commanding a battleship. That's, uh, so it's from, uh, where they, where they left, I think it was Dublin. And then, you know, steaming across the Atlantic, uh, to get to America. And it was the sub hunters, the, the Nazi subgroups, oh, yeah, the, wolf, okay. the wolf packs that would take out ship after ship after ship. And he was playing, he was, uh, his ship is leading the, uh, protecting the protective de detail and they have no air coverage and they've got a wolf pack on them and they're just going after all these ships. And it's, wow. and it's just, it's wow. tense. It is a tense movie, and I, I, it was the first movie I watched when I bought. I finally upgraded my TV to like you know, sixty inch, you know, four K, and I bought a sound bar and the surround sound at oh. the team, and I just boom, and I, like there are points. That's on Apple. That, that's on Apple TV. It's on right? Apple TV, yeah. And there's just parts in that movie where I'm just like, <gasps> I, I, I mean, it just it's so you just get into it. And, Do they show anybody? There's these scenes that always happen in those type of movies where they show some really young kid drowned. Like he gets trapped nope. and he okay. Nope, not those that always much. really affect me. Like uh, to this day, I can't see saving Private Ryan because of the end scene where that guy could help his friend and he's yes. scared and he doesn't oh, yes. help his friend and that yeah. knife is just going in and I'm yeah. just and he's going shh 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 and I, yeah. oh, I can't and he's like yeah. wait 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 yeah that scene yeah. both those actors just yes killed that Braveheart. I'm just like, uh, See, yep. you know, what's funny with Braveheart Braveheart feels like it's so far it's, removed. Yes. Like it's too, it's like, so I saw far. it with, I saw it with a, a buddy of mine that I was in the national guard with Brian Douglas, who was also a, a Marine that came into the army national guard as well. Yeah. And, uh, 
we came out of there like and i felt like i was gonna cry and i was like dude i could never let that happen to you bro <laughs> <laughs> you know um and we yeah. saw it in madison braveheart oh my god dude yeah but when you watch a movie a world war ii movie you realize my they're they're 18 they're 19 yeah. years old yeah you know and you remember what you were doing at 18 19 year old years years old i miss my brother brian's uh wedding uh, because I had to go through LFTC. It's called Landing Force Training Command. It was in Little Creek, Virginia. And it's where you learn how to come off the barge. And it, I, I remember it, it was super miserable. And my buddy... Uh, was it scary even there? You know you're training, but was it scary even there? Oh, like dude, that? the whole time I'm like, this is the worst... This is, sucks so bad. Right, I know, and but yet, you're saying it sucks. They're not even shooting scary. at us. Yeah. No, because you knew you knew it was still training. Okay. But but they they had the smoke going. They had the concussion grenades going off. They had the sound of the M60 shooting at you and everything to try to give you all of the you know as much as the real action as they could. So yeah. there were there were um, explosions that were you know going off and stuff like that. But um, my buddy uh, Lance Corporal Trujillo, he had already gone through it, and he's like, "Listen, man, whatever you do." Don't brace your leg up against the bulkhead of the of the the ship. He's. I was like, really? Why? He goes, because the first time I did this, I whacked the shit out of my knee, man, because it's metal. And when that thing hits the ground, yep. everybody moves Boom. forward. And he goes, and I was hobbling, dude, trying to come oh, off man. out of the water up onto the beach. And yeah, I was just like, wow. ugh, this sucks. And the whole time I'm thinking they were shooting at people when they were doing yeah. this, man. Like I don't yeah. know how I could do that. Right, you know, and I met um, I met Herschel Woody Williams, uh, who is the last living Medal of Honor recipient from World War II, former Marine as well. Did you really? Wow! Yeah, I got a picture with him. He autographed the book for me. I've got a challenge coin when he he flipped the coin at the Super Bowl uh, when the Eagles won a few years back. Yep. And so I have coin number two forty one. Uh, Myers told me the guy Myers Jackson who I worked on a tv show with he was the american america's auctioneer uh got me to to meet uh woody but um yeah dude and hearing his story like good lord man uh you mentioned challenge coins a couple times mm -hmm. that that was something i had to learn about um Mm -hmm. because the ceo of where i work i mean he i'm I'm even i'm you mentioned it and i started i play with the, the challenge coin that he had for our company oh nice and he had he had them specially made and we're in yeah we do disability services for uh, people across the country. And um, so he was really into that because he, from the time he was, he was a captain in the air force, a fighter pilot. Uh, and then he worked at the Pentagon for a long time. And he's like, this is a culture thing. And so oh, yeah. when I, when I started working there, like he gave me this and he's like, you carry this with you. And then like, if we're ever out and he told me the whole story behind challenge coins and mm-hmm. everything else. And now, now I just, I've got, uh, I've got this one. I've got uh, an older one. Uh, from a previous year up in uh, in my on my dresser, but like when I'm in meetings and stuff, it's just like I'm constantly just I need it's like a fidget thing for me. Mm-hmm. So for those of us who haven't heard of what a challenge coin is, I'm picturing like a John Wick type of thing. So a Not challenge coin is yeah. it's it's basically um, uh, an on the spot medal, okay, without the paperwork, okay, uh, in a sense. But units will also make them, so everyone in that unit will also have that particular coin, per se. But okay. you'll, you might have a two-star general. Like I've gotten one from a two-star general. Um, they'll have their own coin made 
mm-hmm. with their name and, and the u- name of their unit on it. And so when they see a soldier that they feel is doing a good job or whatever, they'll, they'll present them with a challenge coin as well. Now, so what does the coin do? Well, also, like, it's also used as a unit thing. So, like, say you were, I'm airborne. Yeah. And I pull out my coin at a bar. Okay. And you said, and you had said you were airborne and you don't have your challenge coin, then you're buying me drinks. Yep. Ah, okay. Okay. So, it's one of those things. It's, it, it, you use it, um, kind of as a, uh, are you really telling me the truth or are you pulling my leg here? And then you go, boom, drop that coin. You're like, okay, well, this guy's legit. Then I guess, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So it, it, there's a, a couple of different things as far as what challenge coins go for. But um, s- some commanders and stuff will use the challenge coin as an on the spot medal because whenever you get a medal, there has to be paperwork. Mm-hmm. It has to be, it has, you have to be written up. And then they have to have it submitted, and then the person that they submit it to has to sign off on it, and then it has to go up. And usually there's, I think, three signatures that are required for you to, to get said commendation. So, you know, a lot of that, – that's a lot of extra paperwork, yeah, right. you know, so to speak. So or it's just on the, on the – at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I've gotten a few on-the-moment mo- uh, uh, on ones. Um and then, like when I was in the Marines, I, I got two medals in the four years, two months, and 15 days that I was in the Marine Corps. Um, I got the National Service Defense Medal, which everyone gets for being in the military during a time of combat. And then I got the Good Conduct Medal, which takes three years of you not screwing up and getting in trouble to get. And, and a lot of Marines will say that's the hardest medal to get because <laughs> we love to screw, you know, do stupid yeah. shit. So, yeah, Dad didn't get one sense. of those. No, it took. Hey, Greg, have you seen your dad's? Uh, dad doesn't have any of his stuff from okay. Vietnam anymore. Um, oh, but you should, dad, you should get it for him. I've, I've tried to figure out how to do that. And yeah. I've tried to search online and like, it's been like, it's not an easy thing to figure no, it's out. Not. No, um, but if you, if you can, if you can get his, uh, social, that I don't I know get. though if Vietnam, in Vietnam, they may have still been using a soldier ID. They eventually went to the... Uh, social security number to identify people. Mom, mom's got his records. I okay, mean, and dad's still around. I mean, if he really yeah. wanted to do this, I would help them figure it out too. But yeah, all um, you got to do is look for uh, the DD two fourteen form, yeah. which is his separation papers, and that will list um, all of his medals mm-hmm. um, on there. Um, and then from there, you can go to uh, websites and buy um, replica yeah. medals. And, and he's, stuff. I mean, he had. He had a couple purple hearts. He had, you know, uh, well, he like the armed service one. I mean, mm-hmm. he had that, that one cause he's obviously in Vietnam and, um, a couple, uh, the Tet offensive, okay. whatever the, the ribbon was for that. He was involved right. in that and he was there, uh, and a couple other, you know, regional, when, you know, when was he there? Actions. When was he in Vietnam? Cause my I, dad was I, there 68 to 69. Uh, dad got out, I believe in 72 Okay, or okay. maybe even a little bit before, maybe it was 71. He's got dad, uh, deciding if I should tell dad's story or not. Um, he, he was a radio man in a recon unit. Oh, so Ooh. he, uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> see, and I like when I say that to military guys, they go, Holy Yes. I'm like, yes, yeah, that's dad. That's a that's um, a tough assignment, man. So, and especially during this era 
Time uh, out. Yeah. Time out. Time out. For those of you that, for people that don't know here, why is that tough? Why is that tough? Okay. Well, let me uh, tell you. Because you're 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 the main target because of that antenna on that yep. radio. He had a giant wandering pack through the forest. People can giant see it. Pack with a huge antenna on it and in okay. a recon unit for cognizance. So you're you're you going in and hide. checking stuff out. <laughs> yeah. So you got to uh. hide that antenna. So you got to be very stealthful. And they're the first guys that get shot because you shoot the radio man, so they have no communication. Yep. So that's the you take so out just the, the big you target. Take out, just a big yeah, target. You take out the communication guy first, and you take out the guy with the biggest gun. Oh, yeah, those man. are the just two you want to kill first. Just a couple inches one way or another, there wouldn't be a Greg here. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when my my dad is a big goofy teddy bear, I love him. But uh, when those shirts that you got, I know it's like that that old codger that's uh, sitting at the end of the bar with his Vietnam hat on is the biggest badass you will ever meet, and that really describes my dad i mean very non-violent after he got out but yeah. i mean when you do the research and have a couple conversations with him and then you're like okay oh, so you're a <laughs> you did you did some stuff and yeah you and and just being a marine in that point where <laughs> it was it was a different era like uh and i'm not saying uh drill sergeants are nice at this point now but they're uh, not allowed to do some things that they were They're doing. Less hands on. Yeah. Yes. Back in that era. Thank you. That's a great <laughs> term. Uh, so yeah, dad, dad was, dad wasn't, did his time. And wasn't Don Knotts like one of the most feared drill sergeants of his time? That's what they say. Yeah. Don Knotts. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Gene Hackman was a Marine. I also heard yep. Captain Kangaroo. You didn't want to fuck with that dude. Yeah. Probably not. Uh, I, and I, Mr. Rogers was a, a Marine Corps sniper. I'd heard that. Yeah. Um, no, I think it wasn't. Wasn't Captain Kangaroo that too? He was. He had like the the record for most kills or something like that for a long I, I, time. I think that might. You might be thinking of Mister Rogers. I never okay. heard that about Captain Kangaroo, but all right, it's possible. I mean, honestly, all those guys, you know, did did service. I mean, it was you know, it was that era. Time. Yeah. And I even I I've talked about this even now. Like I had no reason not to go in other. Other than, I mean, even I had the recruiter at my house talking to me and, Mm -hmm. um, dad, he's like, I will never tell you not to do it because the Marine Corps changed his life for the better, made him a better man is what he would say. And, um, but he's like, you're going to be asked to do things that you don't want to do, especially if it's a wartime situation. He's like, and you got to do it. You don't Mm -hmm. have a choice. He's like, I don't. He's, and he said, I mean, I'm not going to tell that story on a recording because I don't know if he wants that out there. But um, he's like, you're on one second. My batteries keep going. Tell it. OK. Uh, but dad was very much like, I mean, th- and again, this is this is 96. Like, We're not doing anything in 96, really, um, that I knew of. I mean, nothing that was making the news like in a war or something. But other than you were probably in there doing some things. Um, but <clears throat> to my knowledge, it was, it was a fairly safe time to go in, but dad's like, doesn't matter. Like you're still, he's like, I don't you want that know. for He's like, I don't want that for you. He's like, right. I want you to, to go to college and, you know, do all the things that college kids do. Like, and ultimately dad was making enough sense. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, but I still regret it. Like, like, again, I have no reason that I shouldn't have went and kudos to everyone that did even even the even the guys that didn't make it through boot or had to 
you know, I, I hesitate to say washout because I'm a civilian, but it, whatever it is, you you went farther than I did. You I mean mm. you signed the dotted line? You got on the bus, man. Yeah, well, that was the thing that kept me going uh, to finish basic training because I wanted to quit like every day, mm-hmm. and my fear was I can't go home to my dad who was a Marine mortarman in Vietnam Ooh, and tell okay. him that I couldn't handle peacetime basic training. Like I yeah. was just like. I, I like there's no way I could do that. And my stepdad also had been a Marine. And so my stepdad, two weeks before I left for basic, brought home full metal jacket. Oh, and oh, I was. Geez. Yep. And he's sitting behind me laughing, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, like the good old days. Yeah, and, and I'm like, why are you laughing? This is not funny. Yeah. He's like, because you think you got it bad with your mom. And that's where you're going in two yeah. weeks. And I was like horrified, dude. I was like, oh, my God, can I get out of this? Like, what, what do I have to like? Yeah. This is going to be horrible. I still and... believe he's the best joker that ever was. What's that? <laughs> oh, Matthew yeah. Modine. Yeah. yeah, Matthew Modine. Oh, hey, Greg. I'm uh, not Greg. Um, Darren. Darren. <laughs> um, what, um, have you ever come across, or how do you feel if you see Stolen Valor? Uh, just, it... Now, now, here, help me out a little bit with stolen valor. Like, if I were to go walk out with a parachute or um, camouflage pants on, is that stolen valor? No, no. Okay. Stolen valor is like wearing medals that you okay. shouldn't be wearing, or pretending you're or a ten- Navy SEAL, or pretending and- that you were in the military and you're not. Um, it disgusts me. It, it, I mean, there's no, there's. It's just, I, I think it's horrible. Um, I remember there was a, I think this. I was just recently talking about this. I want to say it was back in 96. Um, I think he was the chief of naval operations. He committed suicide, shot himself, uh, because he had found out there was an article that had said that uh, that was coming out that um, had claimed that he was wearing a medal or two that he wasn't supposed to be wearing. Ooh. And uh, he shot and killed himself um, that for day. For the shame? Like for, the before, shame yeah, for the shame of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, um so you're you're disrespecting those that actually did the work. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and put their lives on the line and did all of those difficult things. And and for you to do that, like I, I just can't think of a lower kind of person that you know that would do that. I've seen I people mean, do it. I think you've got used car salesmen and lawyers, so to speak. <laughs> Although I've got some friends that are great lawyers. Mike Easton, you're great. Um but even, you know, and then you dig down and it, like they're the sloppiest oh, of the slop, if you will. Yeah. I've seen yeah. people that they will purchase fake. It would be hard for military... me not to beat somebody if I saw them. Well, I see people do it I, when I've traveled around for work and, and like people are like, well, did you get your fake military ID? I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, they would do that. So they get like extra discounts at hotels or, you know, they that when that's, uh, you know, uh, appreciation days and they get free meals. And I'm like, are you fucking nuts? I mean, uh, just like, just disgusted. Just yeah. Disgusted. My, my youngest brother got hurt in Iraq and he's retired. And so, um, I would have a very hard time, uh, coming across somebody and not wanting to, um, give them some good old Marine Corps loving. <laughs> See, I've, I've, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen now the ones where it's like a, a guy, my age pulling that shit off. I understand if he gets his ass kicked. But if it's like a 17, 18 year old kid who has this delusion of grandeur that he wants to be a Navy SEAL, mm-hmm. that's one of those I would probably sit him down and say, listen. Right, right. 
I saw a guy, uh, it was our friend Heather who actually lives in Austin. Uh, and we went down to visit her. So this is probably like 2001 and she was single and we got there. Uh, and when we, we flew in and we were staying at her place and she's like, so she was out the night before with her friends. She's like, well, I met this guy. I really like him. And she's like, I'm like, oh yeah, well, what's he like? And blah, blah, blah. Trying to vet him out. Um, and she said, well, he's, uh, he's a former Marine. I was like, oh really? And then she's like, well, he wants to get together in a couple days while you guys are still here. Do you guys mind if we like double date? I'm like, sure, we can do that. So he comes over to her place and we're grilling out and he's telling military stories and oh no and they're at like krista and heather are asking him all these questions and i'm just like not responding because i'm grilling like i'm i'm doing my thing right right and then he had said that he was in oh how did the story go he he mixed up the bases so like he said he was in i think he said he was in camp lejeune okay and drove down to san diego no. And I went. Camp Lejeune's on the East Coast. Exactly. And, that's, and that's pretty good <laughs> for not paying attention and just doing your thing, Greg. You remember well, that right now? Well, because my dad started in Lejeune. And then, ah. or, 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 I was I a Hollywood start. Marine. Dad, dad went to both. I mean, he, he spent time okay. on, on both bases. But I remember him saying Pendleton is in California. Lejeune is in Virginia, I think. Uh, no, uh, North, North South Carolina, Carolina, I think. North Carolina. North, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I've never been to Lejeune. So he thankfully. said he drove down. <laughs> so he's, he 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 mixed it. Yeah, he said he was in Lejeune, and then he drove down to San Diego. And I went, "That's not right." Yeah. And so then I started. Then I really started to pay some close attention to a couple things. Did you and burn his was, burger? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I may have. Um, Look what but, fell on the floor. Oh, I mean, and I wasn't. I wasn't confident enough to call this guy out yeah, like right. having just met him and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I'll just call it this goal. And then later on, Heather's like, well, what'd you think? Like, he seemed nice, kind of funny, got some questions. And we, <laughs> and I kind of laid it out and she was like, and it was enough for her to be like, well, I'm never talking to him again. Like yeah. that's bullshit. And I was yeah. like, I said, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know we could probably call dad and figure it oh, out. Yeah. And, and she was like, nope, just like I said, I know this piece was wrong. Like when he said this, maybe he was mistaken. I don't know. She's like, would a Marine be mistaken? I said, not that I can recall ever. Faces. I said, not about that. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. But she even said like some of his dates were wrong. Like if he was saying like he was in like some conflict or something. I'm trying to remember where. Well, we would have been in the Middle East in 2001. Oh, yeah. um, but. Like, because what Heather knew from her, like, political studies and what this guy was telling her, like, they didn't match up. And she's mm -hmm. like, it, it, it seems off. I'm like, it seems like he may be faking that he was a Marine. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, 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 there have been times where I've run across individuals and I'm like, nah, I don't know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and it's funny you said that because I remember I have a, close friend that I met about, I would say about six years ago, he's a Marine Corps sniper. Okay. And he told me he, uh, first off, he was the first one that ever corrected me. And he's like, there's no such thing as an ex Marine. <laughs> I was like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
like when he said it too, I like me and him joke all the time. But when he said that, I knew, oh shit, okay, he's he's serious. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna keep rubbing him about that. Right. Anyway, um, he also has a fear of midgets. But go moving forward, <laughs> he's not the only one. Um, uh, I'm sorry, small small people. What's the political little person? Little person. Okay. He was telling me that the people you got to watch out for are the people that aren't talking about all the stuff they've done. He goes, those are the people that nine times out of ten, yeah. they were the guy that was in the radio booth or they were doing something and they were near action and they heard other people talk about it. But he said, the people, you can tell who's going to make it and like if they were to ever actually be a... Um, uh, a, a somebody in the military, he said, you could tell who, who can make it and you can tell pretty quickly who wouldn't, but they talk real big. Like they know exactly what's going on. They know how exactly how they'd handle themselves. Yeah. And he goes, you got to watch out for the people that are super quiet and chilled and relaxed because those are the, those are the badasses. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Darren, is that true or yeah, I'd not that he that. would lie. I'm just saying like, no, I you... definitely agree with that. Um, they, they, you know, cause, uh, They'll just sit back and listen to the BS. And they'll yeah. be like, you know, I don't know about all that. Um, no, because, like, I'll look back. I remember being at my mom's house a while back and and finding my old resume that I had from when I first got out of the Marine Corps, of the things that I did in the Marine Corps. And I'll look at it and I'll be like, dang, like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot I did some of that stuff <laughs> kind of thing, you know? Um, as far as jobs, like, yeah. So my first 26 months in the Marine Corps after I went through basic training, then I went through uh, infantry training, School of Infantry, um, SOI, and then I went through a Marine Corps Security Forces School, and then I guarded special weapons for 26 months, and then my last year and a half, I was in a unit called Fast Company, Fleet I-9 Terrorist Security Team. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was an, an intense unit, um, and that's like... It, it, there, yeah, I, I'll look back and I'll be like, man, dude, because that unit um, is now based in Yorktown, Virginia, which was my first duty station. So after yeah. I went through all my training, I got stationed in Yorktown, Virginia. And so when I went to the reunion in 2018, they had Marines that had served at Yorktown doing the security forces stuff. And then they also had Fast Company was there. And when I was in Fast Company, it was on there were two. There was in Norfolk, Virginia, and then there was one in uh, Mare Island. Naval Shipyard in Vallejo, California. That's the one I was at, was the West Coast one. Mm-hmm. But then they closed that down in 93, consolidated and, and put everybody... Now they're all in, in Yorktown instead of Norfolk, Virginia. But um, I remember being overseas and uh, trying to get people to, to talk to the radio station. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was, I was, hey, wh- what song do you want to hear? And uh, these guys had just come out of the box. They had just come up from from Bosnia. They didn't want to talk to some pogue, is what we were called, office pogue. It's like, mm-hmm. like, you know, giving me this attitude about like, you got it too easy, man. You're freaking doing radio. Like, don't even freaking talk to me, you lazy ass. And um, and I remember saying, wait a minute, dude. I said, this is my current job now, but um, I was in Marine Corps infantry, and so if you want to talk fire team skirmishes and things like that we can we can talk that talk too and all of a sudden they were like oh wait a minute (laughs) this guy knows our language too and then all of a sudden (laughs) all of a sudden there was the respect 
Yeah. You know, just just from that that little tiny thing of like, dude, you know, and that's that's really what it, a lot of times in the military it'll come down to. Like I remember when I was going through Army Broadcasting School, one of the drone instructors, because I got demoted, because uh, I went and saw the Eagles uh, yeah. at Alpine Valley instead of going to <laughs> Army Drill one weekend. Okay. And they didn't like that. And so uh, I, when I'm going to Army Broadcasting School, I have now been in the military for seven years, yeah. <laughs> but I'm an E3. And they're looking at me, you know, I've got Marine Corps medals, I'm in an Army uniform, like, what the hell? Like, and then I have can a Can you do that? Mark. You can, you oh, can yeah. wear like a Marine Corps and then wear an Army outfit? You can't do that. You will not do that the other way, though, because the Marine Corps does not recognize the other branches of service. Oh, so you not will even not, SEALs? You will not put a, a a different service medal or ribbon on a Marine Corps uniform. Like okay. th- that just will not happen. And if and if you go from the Army or the Navy or the Air Force to go into the Marine Corps, you got to start over and go through mm-hmm. basic training all over again yeah. to become a Marine. Okay. Um, when I went from Army or from Marine Corps to Army, I just went to a military Dude, police school for the first. It, sign yeah. this paper. And you're you're good, but um. But yeah, I remember a, a drill instructor there at the school at Fort Meade, Maryland. He's like, you know, every Marine I've ever come across, you know, is soft. And um, you have what's called a scribe. And a scribe is, he, he writes down all of your deficiencies during the inspection, right? Okay. So the, the drill instructor will be like, your room's not clean. Your bed's not made right. He'll write the bed made not right, you know, whatever. And, um, and, and he's also like a witness. And so I just made the comment. I was like, you know, just send the scribe out of the room. We'll find out. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he's like, Hafford, I don't think you'd fight fair. I'm like, there is no fair fight. No, no. I got to hit no, your face not, yeah. with a brick yeah. and s- crush your skull. <laughs> then that's what I'm going to do. Hi, yeah. I'm a Marine. Like, like you know, I, we're trained to do what we got to do. So, yeah. you know, that is but, a lesson, um, I was lucky thought. that I never had yeah. to, to really face uh, combat or anything like that, you know? Yeah. And that's why, that's really one of the other reasons why I'm doing the push-up challenges because, um, of my brothers and sisters, I had it easy, you know? Right. And I still, when I got out of the military, like felt like I was missing something, you know? Yeah. And, and these guys have gone and seen horrific things, have had to do horrific things and then come home and there's no one, you know, there may not be anyone home in their hometown that has had to do that. So they have no one to relate to. They right. picked up a drinking problem in the Marine Corps, which mm-hmm. I did. Um, and, um, or, or maybe they have picked up some other kind, like, you know, uh, a pain pill problem because they had right. a surgery and they got hooked on uh, Vicodin and, or, you know, Oxycontin or some of those things. And it's very easy to do. When I, when I had the knee surgery for my knee, they gave me a hundred pills of Oxycontin and I was like, I don't need this many, you know? And they just ha- wow. handed them out and it's like, and that stuff is it's basically Wait, they handed that they handed it out to you in the military when you hurt your knee or are you talking about so just... i had knee surgery i i blew out my knee i had bad during knees. during your military career afterwards but afterwards. i had bad knees from the marine corps and okay. so i blew out my right knee playing volleyball right i remember this story now right. okay um, yeah, and okay. so i went to the va hospital uh and had the surgery at the va hospital in madison mm-hmm. and that's they gave me a hundred pills of oxycontin do you feel like that that was way too many. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I I hear that. I'm just saying, like, do you feel like that that happens a lot in military hospitals where they they try to put it? They're just here. Take it. Just take it. Yeah. Really? Here you go. Yeah. Wow. 
you know, and um, and so guys will pick up a, a, a drug habit from that, you know, and yeah. um, and now then you you send them out away from, you know, now the VA has gotten better. Yeah. Um, Dad's had a lot of the service. Yeah. And, and, and things have changed. There has been changes, a lot of positive changes. There are groups now, uh, 22 kill and other groups that help veterans get counseling and things like that, you know, um, but the whole thing is, is the hardest thing is to ask for help, you know, and that's why I want to do this push-up challenge because I want to show veterans around the country how much help there is out there. Because yeah. I know that people are going to donate. I know that people are going to do push-ups. I want to show veterans that are having a tough time, that are struggling, and say, hey, man, there's a lot of people out here that love you, bro, or sister. There's a lot of people out here that care and want you to survive, and they're here for you. And you just got to take the first step, you know? Yeah. And, it's, it, and, and it's okay to take the first step, you know? We want to help you out. It's okay to ask for help. I'm going to need to ask for help. You know, I am asking for help for this challenge. And so I want them to realize that, um, you know, that's the hardest part. That's that first step is going to be the hardest part, asking for help. Once you start that process and decide within yourself that you are going to better yourself, you're going to get help, you're going to fix yourself, you're going to become a better person than you are right now, and you will feel better about yourself. But it's going to take time. Yeah, I think it's well said. Ain't that long. I don't. I don't. I think. I think we should end it there. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a great spot to end it. The message is fantastic, and you know, even as we've been talking here, we've talked about how to get the word out. I mean, I've shared it on our social medias, uh, on our Twitter, on our Facebook page. Hopefully more people share that out. I've, mm-hmm. uh, on our Twitter, I tagged in Joe Rogan and said, Joe, he's starting in Austin, right in your yeah. backyard. He's, uh, he's, there's four guys I would love to see in Austin, Texas, if I may real quick. Yeah. Absolutely. Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. um, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, uh, Sandra Bullock's from Austin. Yeah, cool to see her. Um, and uh, one of my favorite filmmakers, Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Sure. Oh man, dude, he's him and Tarantino, man. Yeah. I mean, people don't give the like Robert Rodriguez. I feel does not get the respect as a filmmaker as he should, and he has directed some serious films. Um, he's it's done great. multiple trilogies. Yep. You look at the Spy Kids trilogies. You look at. El Mariachi, you know, mm-hmm. all the way. I mean, Desperado. Don't don't, don't I mean, bring in Spy Kids. Don't. No, 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 John. But that's John. a completely different genre than he has gangster. shown range. Yes. Oh, exactly. is that what you, you guys are referring yes, to? Range. The dude's oh. got range, and he I mean, he you puts out a movie. You don't see Tarantino doing so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and he he does. He has. He's done so. Many, he did the Faculty. I mean, he's done so many films. Oh, that's and, right. He did do the Faculty. Dude, he's, like, he's like when you look at it, you're like wait a minute, Rodriguez, and you're just like, and what I loved is he loved to give back. He would have the little 10-minute film schools on the DVDs, yep. and, and he would teach you how to make a good Mexican dish and, and how to make a good movie. And so, <laughs> That sounds uh, like a cool little show. <laughs> oh, dude, it was great. And so for me, like, um, that would be, I'd put him at the top of the four. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I love Joe Rogan. I love Matthew McConaughey, and I love Sandra Bullock and everything. 
But Rodriguez, what he did, you need to read the book um, Rebel Without a Crew. He made his mm-hmm. first film for $7,000, and he went into a hospital for 30 days so that he to become a lab guinea pig so he could get the money to yep. make his first film. Wow. wow I remember wow. hearing that. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, he's... Oh, All right, man. so here, here's the deal, Darren. If Joe Rogan gets you on his podcast and you're talking, I just want to be, and Greg can come too, I just want to be in the waiting room. Well, if I, if I can get There's, on it, he yeah. Has like the, he has like this green room where like people can just sit there and actually watch the podcast as you guys are doing it live. Like I will, I just want to go to the. John's got higher aspirations. You're, you're, you're both invited. If I'm going, you're going. You guys good. are the first podcast that yeah, I've that done. That would be great. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. I just want like, to hang out with him when he's in Milwaukee. In August. Yeah. yeah that'd be cool. <laughs> oh, is he going to Milwaukee in August? Yeah, yeah he, we're going there to uh, watch him. Uh, is he we doing bought a, a tickets. We bought the tickets. Yeah, we bought the Pre-COVID. tickets. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Yeah. This is a delayed show. We're finally getting to it. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. It happened, I think, November of the of 2020 or something like that. And yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah, but. So, all right. Yeah, all right, Greg, how would you like to, anything you'd like to leave the show with? Well, I, and I'm sure Darren would totally agree that as you're going through your week here, you got to, you got three rules that you really got to follow. One is to, to verify your sources. You know, you got to do that. One is to know your audience, know who you're talking to. And then the third one, as always, is don't be a douche. Boom. <laughs> Darren Hafford, thank you very much. Good luck, sir. Uh, let us know how, how it's going. Where can people follow you, help out? What can they do? Uh, 50 State Capitals in 50 days.com, all one uh, thing. That's the website. Um, and that'll, it doesn't currently have it, but it hopefully will by the end of tonight have the um, GoFundMe link to it. it. Um, and it's basically that same name on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, as of right now, there's no posts on the Instagram or Twitter. Uh, but I, I, the reason I'm kind of have kept it kind of on the down low is I want to watch it grow. Right. Yeah. I want people to see how fast this is going to blow up, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and, and I want to give a weekly report each week as well. Thanking, you know, you buy a t-shirt, I'm going to mention your name and the thing you got to send me a picture of you with this, you know, this t-shirt on, I want to add that. Because I want to give credit to everyone that helps out, uh, whether they do it financially um, or just even sharing or liking and all that. Um, at the at this point, this is uh, this is what I'm going to do for the next two months. So, cool, awesome. So let's well, have some fun. Well, we're following you. I already all checked right. it out. So, thank you. Greg, Greg did his homework. Greg's a good guy. Um, Check out the video. Tell me what you think. We will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, for Darren, thank you very much, Darren. Good luck to you. Uh, hopefully we'll see you in Madison. We'll see. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, for the Greg, this is Johnny. Everybody, podcast out. Have a great Fourth of July weekend and do some push-ups. Yeah. All right. See you later, guys.